Hello, good afternoon. Parking lot lives are almost coming to an end, which means it's almost summertime. How exciting is that? So today's topic is, um, one, because it was inspired by TikTok, I was scrolling through and some young lady was took a video of her dumping her ADHD medication in the garbage because she was traveling to Japan and ADHD medications for the majority are illegal in Japan. And she didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And I thought that was so interesting. So it sent me down, of course, a rabbit hole of research and what's going on and why is this hat like, what's the difference here? And so there's quite a few topics and I found an incredibly well done study and I'll, I'll post that here if that's something you're interested in reading. But um, number one, figuring out why Japan specifically has banned ADHD medication for the most part um, was a little tricky. I didn't find any good resources in a casual Google search which just said don't bring them. Um, and I think it's mainly because they don't want any medication that is addictive or has the potential for abuse, which is understood. So they do have non-stimulatory ADHD medication that they prescribe in Japan. So it's not like they're ignoring the it's situation completely, but there's certain medications that you aren't allowed to bring in there. So let's talk first that ADHD presents differently in different genders. So typically when you think of ADHD, you think of my son. He just turned 11. He has inattentive ADHD. Uh, my brother had hyperactive. So, you know, the kid that's fidgety and can't sit still and is always talking and jumping up and down and making a lot of noise. And you're like, oh my God, this kid needs to be on medicine. He needs to sit down and shut up and do his work. And the kid who can't focus and you know, things like that, right? Our typical ADHD diagnosis. Now, typically in girls, they don't really get diagnosed with ADHD. And what I also recently found out is that ADD is no longer a term. So I might flip back and forth between the two and I apologize. Um, I'm trying to retrain my brain that ADD is no longer a diagnosis. Everything falls under the category of ADHD and then there's different categories below that. So just as a, a heads up as I'm talking through this. So ADHD can present differently in women and young girls, which is why it's so often overlooked. Now, are there girls and women out there who are fidgety and talkative and hyper? Of course, right? So we can't just say they all women present differently because that's just not true. But what's more typical of a young woman, any woman of any age, uh, to present with ADHD looks a little more inattentive, like not paying attention. And what would be stereotypical female behavior? Oh, she's so forgetful. Oh, she's so quiet and so well behaved. Oh, she's always off in a dreamland. She's always such a daydreamer. She's so flighty. Oh my gosh, she's so anxious. Like, just get it together. Stop worrying, right? Um, all their presentations include verbal aggression, which may just mean having boundaries and setting up that, but that could also be 
true verbal aggression as well. Um, looking like you're dissociated or your mind drifts off a lot, forgetful. Sometimes it presents as being hyper-focused um, on a project or a detail or something like that. As we get older too, it looks like super cluttered, overspending, indecision overwhelm, where you just have a really, really hard time making decisions. Like ask the classic, ask a woman where she wants to eat. I'm just going to name a restaurant. I don't know because she never knows. Well, that could be anxiety. That could also be indecision overwhelm where the ADHD brain is like, freeze. I have a question. I don't know what to do. Right. Um, women are more likely to be associated with addiction, anxiety, OCD, sleep issues, eating disorders, and mood disorders. So most women are diagnosed as adults. And you might have noticed the trend on TikTok. I certainly have. Um, it's not, it's a good one. It's not necessarily a good one too, right? But as people share their experiences and go, oh my God, I'm 28 and I was just diagnosed as autistic. Like I have autism. I was just diagnosed with ADHD. My whole life now just kind of clicked into place why I am the way I am. I'm not a bad person. I just have this way that my brain functions and everybody told me there's, I'm name, pick a bad name, or actually <laughs> is this issue. So the other and the bad part of this is where we pathologize every behavior. Like you might just be an anxious person and it's not ADHD, right? So we can't take every behavior like, like me sitting here. I like to get to my kid's school really early and be the first in line because it helps me feel comfortable and calm because I'm not in the back of the line or fighting traffic. And some people might pathologize that and be like, that's OCD, Allison, and that's ADD or that's anxiety. And you, you like, you need to get it together. Or like, I could just chill out here and work and read a book. Like you don't have to make everything bad. Okay. All right. So let's go into the Japan study and gender bias. So Japan is banned, like I said, most ADHD medication because they're concerned about addiction and abuse, which is a very, very serious and a very real thing. And their ADHD medications are no joke. They can change your personality. They can change who you are. They can numb people out. And that can be very addicting, especially for people who have trauma and um, tendencies towards addiction genetically. Um, so is that a bad thing? I don't think so, as long as we have other options, right? They also have very significant cultural and societal differences than we do. However, I think that plays a role in every country, in every situation where we go. And then they also have these gender differences. And really what it is, is misogyny. And they said, the authors of the study said, due to unique Japanese cultural ideals and expectations of women's behavior that are in opposition to ADHD symptoms, we hypothesize that women with ADHD experience more difficulties and present more dysfunctions than men. And of course, that's what they found. They found that women have a higher psychiatric comorbidity rate, were significantly less likely to be a full-time employee, and were significantly more likely to be divorced than men with ADHD. Now, I... There's a term 
that I cannot pronounce, and I apologize. Um, it says Japanese society is often described as, quote, a high-context society in which homogeneity, collectivism, and group harmony are highly valued. People are often required to read between the lines and follow certain sets of norms and expectations. There is a term, Yamatona Deshiko, refers to a woman who is gentle, polite, modest, reserved, delicate, quiet, attentive, organized, and patient. These remain the ideal expected female characteristics, and such women are generally perceived as more appealing to men in society. So not only is this an unspoken, like, women should act this way, they actually have a term for it. So it's not something that's some of the authors are making up. There, there's a, there a cultural term for it. So what they did find is that 50% of men and women in the study had a family history of ADHD or um, autism, more likely to have ADHD. Notably, nearly 70% of the participants had not received an ADHD diagnosis until participating in the study, indicating that for both genders, a large proportion of individuals with ADHD are left undiagnosed until adulthood. So that's another problem, right? With gender inequality still existing in Japan, firms are inclined to, inclined to hire and assign men to more active and creative positions, while women are replaced in more routine clerical work such as general admin, reception, and window service. Similarly, in marriage, women are expected to take the main role in household management. So the, the highly valued traits that are expected of women, organization, attention, patience, calmness, are in direct, almost opposition to the ADHD symptoms. Now, there's so much that was good and some that I didn't agree with. Um, I don't have the exact, yeah, I do. The results that women were more likely to have a past diagnosis of bipolar disorders and were prescribed mood stabilizers may support the higher prevalence of affective, meaning mood, problems in women as purported in previous studies. So the authors believe that, you know, women with ADHD in Japan in this cultural context suffer from depression and low self-esteem and anxiety because of the way they're perceived. Um, I'm curious in speaking with the doctors. When I read that the majority of women who are actually diagnosed ADHD were first diagnosed with bipolar, the majority of them, and then put on mood stabilizers, women are immediately written off as crazy, lazy, um, well, you must, you're just not paying attention, you must be depressed. Like, that kind of shocked me, that statistic, that women were more likely to be, be labeled bipolar. And bipolar in itself doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's not a good or a bad, but culturally, in, when someone said, you know, we use bipolar as a, uh, a slang against someone. Like, oh my gosh, she's being so bipolar today. 
like crazy. And so women's health and mental needs are totally being minimized and relegated instead of going, well, this is ADHD. Now, part of this, which was not discussed necessarily in the study, was... Um, maybe it was and I missed it, but it wasn't. We also have these differences in gender presentation of ADHD. So if we just look at inattentive symptoms, which is what they did, their measurements only looked at inattentive symptoms and hyperactive impulsive symptoms and total ADHD symptoms. The probability that they would have found a lot more women with ADHD and a lot more of those women who've been diagnosed just anxious, what did we say? Anxious, verbal aggression, bipolar, dissociated, bipolar, forgetful, bipolar, you know, right? Hyper-focused, autistic, like we just have this general term that we use and then assume everybody is the same. And it brings me to like thinking about how test dummies for car crashes, they have only used test dummies that have the weight, center of gravity, and height as men, which is why women are more likely to be injured in a car accident because if the test dummy survives the crash, that's great because the man survived the crash. Women's center of gravity is totally different. We have different bone structure, weight, and height. So in traditionally in pharmaceutical studies, women are just completely overlooked because our hormone cycle interferes with prescriptions abilities to work. So it, what they do is they, um, if they're especially in an animal study, they'll just sterilize the animal, meaning they take out ovaries and uterus and go, look, it's a lady, and we'll see what happens to their body, but they're still even ignoring the rat's hormone cycle. So if you feel like something's wrong, or you're like, mm, my kids have ADHD, maybe I need to get checked out because I have some of these symptoms, but you're not jumping off your table, right? <laughs> I would strongly suggest being evaluated by someone who understands that there's differences in female presentation of ADHD and management of it. Um, medication can be extremely helpful. And I'll be completely honest with you, there is nothing wrong with needing medication to manage ADHD, especially if it helps you. Now, if you find that it changes your personality or you don't like the way you feel on it or it's not working, like try a different type. Like I said, there's stimulatory, there's non-stimulatory, there's lots of different options out there now. And then of course, um, you know, when you look at guys like Dr. Gabor Mate, who's like all ADHD comes from abuse or trauma from childhood because you dissociated to get away from your parental stress. And that's just a coping mechanism that you brought into school as you got older. You might need to look at things like EMDR, or trauma therapy. Um, you know, I think about my kids and I'm you know, and Gabor's always like, I didn't traumatize my kids. And I'm like, oh, dude, classic traumatizing parent statement right there. Um, do I believe that all ADHD occurred because a kid was under a stressful situation growing up? Not necessarily. 
um, my son had pandas when he was 18 months old. And that's what triggered his brain to regress and experience all of these issues and that pediatric autoimmune issues with his brain. And so um, we've had to manage his issues through that lens, though. So the lens for you can be different. It could be multiple things. It doesn't have to be just one thing. And it always never is just one thing. So we have to look at how is your brain physically, uh, physiologically functioning, right? Neurotransmitters, blood sugar, protein, inflammation, immune system, the psychoneuroimmunology part of it. We have to look at childhood adverse events, the ACEs. We have to look at trauma therapy, EMDR, getting support there. We have to look at good coping mechanisms and getting the support that you need, whether it's through therapy or you just find people on TikTok or Pinterest who are like, I have an ADHD planner and it's amazing, right? There's lots of options. And then of course, nutritional support. So maintaining normal blood sugar is so important for our brain and inflammation. Um, I use Apex Energetics Neurotransmitter Sprays for the kids. They said that was very helpful. And then I just added in a saffron spray um, saffron's great for calming the brain as well. And then I have all of those in pill form for adults as well. But essentially we just hand the box around the table and everybody does like the dopamine spray, serotonin spray, <laughs> saffron spray. It's kind of funny, but it's helpful for all of us. So, um, and if you feel like, like I said, addiction, anxiety, insomnia, eating disorders, mood disorders, you might just be mislabeled. And if you're mislabeled, you're not getting the help that you need or the right kind of help. So this might be the time to reach out, find a couple different doctors, um, and really see what's going on with your brain and getting the support that you need so you can feel your best function. And if somebody tells you that you don't know what you're talking about because you only have ADHD, if you're loud and aggressive or you can't sit still, then they're wrong find some move on to the next person <laughs> you know so all right that is that um if you want to get the original research the name of it and i'll post the link here in our group when i get back home clinical characteristics of women with adhd in japan is the name of the article that was written in the neuropsychiatric disease and treatment journal and it was Two thousand nineteen is when this was written. So uh pretty recent considering and not much has changed, right? In women's health care, because nothing changes in women's health care. However, it's really important that you trust your body, you trust your messages that you're getting, you're learning how to take care of yourself. And really since April my goal was like, let's reset our health, let's rethink about our health and let's like change the game. Maybe it's getting a different diagnosis. Maybe it's not anxiety, maybe it's ADHD, right? Maybe it's not depression, maybe it's not bipolar, maybe it's something, maybe it's your thyroid, right? There's, it could be a million different things. So as I always say, get your blood work done, <laughs> get everything tested, get checked out, get the support you need, and you'll see that bigger picture to get the right support, okay? 
Thank you for tuning in. I would love to hear your thoughts, comments on all of this um, societal, cultural, um, diagnostically, and um, have a conversation about it. Okay. Love you guys. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Hopefully it's nice and sunny where you are, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Functional Wellness with Dr. Allison. If you would like personalized care and testing, you can schedule an initial consult online and get started with your wellness plan right away or message us on Facebook at Little Black Bag Medicine. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.